evening. Our top story tonight, Nick Chubb has unfortunately suffered a season-ending knee injury, one that I hope you didn't have to see. It was quite disturbing. So what do we do with that in terms of the rest of the season? Saquon Barkley also going to miss some time with an ankle injury. We are here to answer all of those questions with the injury report and bring you some keys to week three on player profiler today. Poor Nick Chubb, poor Nick Chubb. The guy is just one of the best running backs that we've seen in recent memory. Perhaps one of the most efficient, one of the best running backs, most underappreciated running backs of all time. Nick Chubb ranks top five in yards per carry. If my memory serves me correct, the guy is a monster. And I hope this isn't the end of his career. It was the same knee that he injured back at college at Georgia, where he tore just about everything. And uh, it was gruesome. We don't know what the actual injury is, just that Nick Chubb is getting surgery. His season will be over. And I hope we see him next year. I hope he is able to return to the NFL. Nick Chubb just built different, but it looked awful. Speedy recovery for Nick Chubb. That is our first and foremost opinion, first and foremost thought, but we do have to adjust. We all play fantasy football. We have to adjust, and the adjustment is 100% of your fab goes to Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford is a locked and loaded, baked-in RB1. You can drop all of that fab money, all of those dollars on Jerome Ford, and yes, I have heard the rumors that they are looking at Kareem Hunt. I've heard the rumors that they're looking about trading for Cam Akers. I don't care. Jerome Ford is that guy. He dominated at the University of Cincinnati, went and ran 4-4 at the NFL Combine, came into the NFL, didn't have to do anything last year because they did have Kareem Hunt, but then he comes into the NFL in year two and is taking 15 carries away from Nick Chubb. Week one, where Nick Chubb was healthy, got 18 carries. Jerome Ford had 15. Jerome Ford was going to be a part of this offense because he is talented and because Nick Chubb needed some breaks. And that's why I'm not worried if they add a Kareem Hunt, if they add a Cam Akers, because they already had that role in Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford was already taking touches away. This is just how the Cleveland Browns offense is operating. So if Jerome Ford becomes the new Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt becomes the old Jerome Ford, I don't care. That is an RB1 type player. And Jerome Ford has been good this year. Three of four targets were caught this past week, 25 yards and a touchdown. 31 carries, 142 yards. That's a 4.6 yards per carry. Not too bad from Jerome Ford. And then yards per touch, 4.9 yards per touch. Not bad at all. Whereas Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is obviously better than Jerome Ford. No one is going to pretend that Jerome Ford is a one-for-one replacement in terms of ability for Nick Chubb. But the volume is going to be there. The talent is pretty damn good. (laughs) But Nick Chubb, six yards per touch. The guy is a freak. Oh, I'm going to miss him so much. But Jerome Ford is going to be a bell cow. He is. He is going to be behind a dominant offensive line. And I know Deshaun Watson has been terrible. Deshaun Watson... Costing his team with 30 yards and penalties from face masks 
only 55% completion percentage, only 389 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, two fumbles lost, ref shove. It's awful. Schadenfreud for Deshaun Watson and how terrible he has been this year. But the offensive line is dominant for the Cleveland Browns. They've still moved the ball at times. And as bad as Deshaun Watson is, the playmakers around him are still talented. This offense isn't going to completely stagnate. They will drag Deshaun Watson along with them if they have to. And Jerome Ford is going to be the engine for this offense going forward. Going to be an absolute bell cow. Don't care if they add Kareem Hunt. Don't care if they trade for Cam Akers. Ravens also calling on Cam Akers. The Buccaneers calling on Cam Akers. And the Las Vegas Raiders calling on Cam Akers. But sounds as though he's probably just going to end up being released. No team's going to end up trading for Cam Akers because of the money attached to the third round pick that he was. That He might just get cut. He's Or he could end up with the Rams again <laughs> like last year. <sighs> Anyways. Jerome Ford, worth 100% of your fab. He is the real deal. But before we continue, we have news from the Podfather. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically underdog Pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you can 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 boom. You can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Oh, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode. So we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than. Madison, less than. But also, Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, and you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in $100, underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. Love our friends over at, at Underdog, and unfortunately, don't love the injury report this week. It was brutal. Deontay Johnson was placed on injured reserve, so he's going to miss the next three games. He missed last night, obviously. Going to miss three more contests with that hamstring injury that he suffered. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is going to be out three-ish weeks was the initial report, but then it comes out that, okay, maybe he's a game-time decision, which he's not. Brian Dable's lying to us. There is a 0% chance that Saquon Barkley plays on Thursday night. Even if he's making considerable considerable progress, he's not a game-time decision. Saquon Barkley is out this week. Saquon Barkley, 10 days off helps, but probably out next week as well. Week three, that third week, that third game, that is when the return to play would be a consideration because it's not a high ankle sprain, allegedly. That's a four- to six-week injury. But... 
If it's three weeks for a low ankle sprain, makes sense. If it's a four week for a low ankle sprain, that's on the severe end. But we've seen that with Saquon Barkley in the past when he injured his ankle after he tore his ACL. So I'm worried about Saquon Barkley. Probably going to miss three games. Definitely not a game time decision. And there's no one you can pick up to replace him unless the Giants go out and sign Kareem Hunt, go out and sign Leonard Fournette. Because Matt Breida isn't getting the job done. Matt Breida is not going to be a bell cow. He's going to get a couple touches. He's not going to be used on the goal line because he's smaller. He'll be used a little bit in the passing game. And then they'll probably bring Gary Brightwell in on the goal line. And you're not starting Gary Brightwell. Maybe Eric Gray sees some touches as well. Maybe he gets some in between the 20s work. Maybe he gets some work near the goal line. Maybe Jay Sean Corbin steps up. The point is, you're not starting anyone from the New York Giants backfield. You can't do it. You can't trust any of these guys. So you're going to have to pivot and find someone else to start with Saquon Barkley out. Maybe you start Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds is going to be filling in for David Montgomery. David Montgomery suffered a thigh injury. He's going to miss a couple of weeks, even though Dan Campbell refuses to admit that David Montgomery is going to miss this week, calling him day to day, even though Montgomery admits, yeah, I'm out a couple weeks. It's a multi-week injury that I have suffered. I am out a couple of weeks. No, he's still day to day. And that is why day to day means week to week in the NFL. We all know this, but Craig Reynolds is expected to get some of the workload, but I'm interested in the sneaky elevation from the practice squad that the Detroit Lions just did. Bam! Zonovan Knight. Zonovan Knight is a talented running back. When Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight, entered the starting lineup for the New York Jets, or a part-time lineup, whatever you want to call it, he was second in missed tackles forced behind only Josh Jacobs. Bam Knight is a talented running back. Bam Knight very well could outplay Craig Reynolds. So I'm absolutely adding Craig Reynolds. I'm just not sure I want to play him just yet. Atlanta Falcons could be enticing, but I don't think I want to trust it yet. Bam Knight very well could end up making this a two-way competition for carries in the backfield because Jameer Gibbs is going to have his role. He is still the next Alvin Kamara. He has more carries than Alvin Kamara did through two weeks. He has slightly less targets, I believe, but they're right in line. Jameer Gibbs will explode in the near future, but he's not going to be getting 20 carries a game. That's why Craig Reynolds, Bam Knight, whoever wins that competition, Craig Reynolds obviously has the lead, but watch out, Bam Knight, back in the lineup. Fortunately, Jamal Williams also went down this weekend, leaves the game with a hamstring injury. One more week without Alvin Kamara. We'll see if Kendra Miller is healthy enough to play next weekend. In the meantime, Tony Jones scores two touchdowns as one of the only running backs left there, period. Hopefully, Kendra Miller can start this week. Hopefully, Kendra Miller can show us why the Saints drafted him in the third round, why he is the next Alvin Kamara for the Saints. But it's been a rough year. For the running back position. Season over for Nick Chubb. Season over for J.K. Dobbins. Jonathan Taylor, four games on IR. Austin Eckler missed this week. Saquon Barkley going to miss three to four games. Aaron Jones missed this week. Jamal Williams probably going to miss next week. And then we've got a bunch of guys who just haven't performed. Josh Jacobs has been disappointed. Joe Mixon, Najee Harris. Javante Williams has flashed at times, but still not put up those fantasy points. Alexander Madison has been abhorrent. He's been awful. Isaiah Pacheco has been disappointing. Khalil Herbert, part-time role, which we are expected to happen, but Antonio Gibson 
not good at all. Completely a non-factor behind Brian Robinson. Cam Akers gets healthy scratched. The running back position has been terrible this year. Travis Etienne and Kenneth Walker are some of the only guys that you can trust. Some of the only guys that have panned out outside of Bijan Robinson, outside of obviously Christian McCaffrey. But it is a tough world out there for a running back. At wide receiver, Brandon Ayuki left the game, came back too early to tell what's going on with his shoulder, undergoes an MRI. They're not going to tell us anything. It's Kyle Shanahan. Odell Beckham is dealing with an ankle injury, but they're not sure he's going to miss any time. Either way, you're not playing Odell Beckham. He hasn't performed in his first two games, and now he is injured. Get him out of the lineup. Nelson Aguilar scores a touchdown with Odell Beckham out. Darnell Mooney also dealing with a nagging bruise on the knee. Don't know if that's going to keep him out for any extended period of time. Travis Kelsey obviously missed one week with a bone bruise, but really it was not. It was two days after the injury. So anyways, Anthony Richardson, the final big offensive injury update. Anthony Richardson has entered concussion protocol, but we don't know if he actually has a concussion because things have changed with the NFL. If you leave the game to be tested for a concussion, if the spotter up above says, hey, get that guy off the field. He looks like he has a concussion. Go get him checked out. He's done. The game is over no matter what. If the coach or if the medical staff on the sideline says, okay, we're going to test you for a concussion just because you took a hard hit, then you can re-enter the game. But if the medical spotter says, hey, go test that guy, doesn't matter if they pass. Doesn't matter if they have no neurological signs of a concussion. They're done. Their day is done. And this is after what happened with Tua Tagovailoa when he passed the tests and returned to the game. And then bad things happen. So Anthony Richardson is in the concussion protocol. We just don't know if he actually has a concussion. We'll know more on Wednesday when we get the practice report. If Anthony Richardson was a limited participant, that's a great sign because the return to play Wednesday is the day you would be a limited participant. Hopefully that's the case for Anthony Richardson. We'll never know if he actually had a concussion or not, but he's going through the process on defense, bad news on defense, especially for the Detroit Lions. CJ GJ, Chauncey Gardner Johnson tore his pectoral. May end his season, though we saw Marcus Williams, the safety for the Ravens. He tore his pec, and he's not even going on IR. The Ravens expect him to miss less than four games. So, stranger things have happened. We'll see what happens with Chauncey Gardner Johnson, how long he is going to miss. We also saw Shaq Thompson, the Carolina Panthers linebacker, fracture his fibula. James Houston, the Detroit Lions edge rusher, fractured his ankle. Thompson is out for the year. Houston out six to eight weeks. We also have Buda Baker on the IR. Just, I hate this time of year. I hate all of the injuries. I love this time of year, obviously. Football's back. Football is great, but it just sucks. It sucks seeing so many injuries across the NFL. It just, that Nick Chubb one, that Nick Chubb one was just, ugh. I'm still not over that. That was gruesome. But, we must move on. We must continue with the NFL. We are entering week three. We have lots going on. Looking at some keys around the NFL, especially the AFC. Tomorrow we'll focus on the NFC, some things that are going on there, some key trends that we're noticing. But the Baltimore Ravens, Zay Flowers, he saw a massive drop in targets, dropped from 10 targets in week one to five with the return of Mark Andrews. Also has a carry, so six 
opportunities for Zay Flowers. Needs more than that, though. 62 yards. Zay Flowers is a star in the making. Meanwhile, in the backfield, Justice Hill's 11 carries to 10 for Gus Edwards. Justice Hill, 41 yards. Gus Edwards, 62. Gus Edwards is more efficient with his carries than Justice Hill. Sometimes that's just the way of the road, and Gus Edwards also gets the touchdown. But the interesting thing to note is Gus Edwards didn't get the first opportunity at a touchdown. Justice Hill had the first carry on the goal line. And as we know, goal line runs probably about roughly 50% success rate. Just happened to be the 50% that missed. Gus Edwards gets the next one, and Gus Edwards scores. The fact that Justice Hill is getting used on the goal line is great. Hopefully the coaches don't sour on him, which they shouldn't. We saw him score twice the week before on short yardage runs. Justice Hill, good signs for him. Also outsnapped Gus Edwards, just doing everything more than Gus Edwards. The efficiency will come. As for Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon is a certified bona fide bell cow. 71% of the snaps Joe Mixon plays. He is handling 84% of the running back carries and 75% of the RB targets. Nine targets through two weeks for Joe Mixon. The guy is an RB1. It'll come. Joe Mixon is getting elite usage. It will come with time. The Bengals offense will come with time. Just be patient. And be patient for Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid has wildly exceeded my expectations so far. And it the, the stats are pretty pedestrian. 10 targets, catches 9. That is not pedestrian. That is pretty good. 69 yards receiving, though, through two weeks. Eh, that's nothing to even get excited about. But the snaps for Dalton Kincaid, 69% snap share. Nice. Nice, Dalton Kincaid. The guy is a... F- starter 70% of the snaps is starter snaps Dalton Kincaid is playing starter snaps I thought he would be closer to a 40% snap rate he has 10 targets so far through two games the targets will come the yards will come the receptions will come Dalton Kincaid though he's looking ready to take off not that you can pick him up anywhere but you absolutely cannot be dropping him Looking at the Dolphins the Miami Dolphins so far Raheem Mostert has been a bell cow 73% of the snaps, 80% of the carries. Those are elite numbers for Raheem Mostert. 37.5% RB target share is interesting, though. Out of the eight times Tua Tagovailoa has targeted the running back, only three have gone to Raheem Mostert. Savon Ahmed has been spelling him on passing downs. Devon A-Chain got his first career target, first career reception. And that is what I want to talk about. Because Raheem Mostert has been great. The usage has been elite. But there is no way that stays for an entire season. We've seen Raheem Mostert, and you can't give him an 80% carry rate on the season. Devon A-Chain is going to start being featured in this offense. It's going to take some time. It's going to happen slowly at first, but two touches, nine yards start for Devon A-Chain. It's coming. Coming for Devon A-Chain. And it's coming for Garrett Wilson, too. Garrett Wilson, seven targets. Only two receptions. Two receptions, not good. Seven targets, pretty good. 30% target share with Zach Wilson. That is elite. 30% target share is elite category. Now, Zach Wilson is not good. Zach Wilson is pretty damn terrible. But through volume, Garrett Wilson will get there. You can trust Garrett Wilson. I know the two for seven. Might scare you and everyone. Oh, well, you know, if he didn't have the long touchdown, he's completely useless. I get it. 
but the targets are there. Some weeks he won't hit, but others, through pure volume, he will. He's the only guy you can trust in the New York Giants offense right now. Brees Hall, only four touches. Can't have that. I still am starting Brees Hall. I'm not benching him. The Jets are going to learn from that. But Garrett Wilson is the only one that can be relied upon because of his heavy target share. As for the New England Patriots, 100% route rate for Devontae Parker. He runs 100% of the routes. Every pass play, Devontae Parker out there running a route. Eight targets, which was second on the team behind Kendrick Bourne. What an offense for the New England Patriots. Kendrick Bourne getting nine targets. Devontae Parker, eight targets in the year 2023. Who saw that coming? Moving on to the AFC South. We've got the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this offense is exactly what I thought it was going to be. I obviously thought it was going to be much more successful against the Kansas City Chiefs. I've expected a shootout, not neither team topping 20 points. This was very disappointing, but this offense is what I expected. Christian Kirk, 14 targets, catches 11, 110 yards. Evan Engram. Eight targets this week. Evan Ingram is second on the team in targets in week two. Catches six of eight for 57 yards. Calvin Ridley, third on the team in targets with seven, which is a great floor. Only catches two for 57. And Zay Jones gets six targets. Goose egg on those six targets and leaves the game early with an injury. But after week one, it was all Calvin Ridley with decent helping of Zay Jones, a little bit of Evan Ingram, and no Christian Kirk. Now. On the season, Calvin Ridley has a 25.7% target share. That is great. That is dominant. But Christian Kirk, 22.8% target share. This is what I had been saying all offseason long. It's going to be Calvin Ridley as the alpha at about a 22 to 25% target share. Christian Kirk as the number two at a 21 to 25% target share. And then Zay Jones would have an 18 to 20% target share. Zay Jones currently sitting at 18.6, as is Evan Engram. So the Jaguars are a spread them and shred them offense. That's why I loved Christian Kirk all offseason. Still respect Calvin Ridley. He is going to get his, but the value is Christian Kirk. Zay Jones, also an absolute value. Hope he gets well soon. But an 18% target share with Trevor Lawrence, that's going to lead to quite a few spike weeks. Looking at the Indianapolis Colts, Michael Pittman is a bona fide alpha. 12 targets in week two. 21 targets through two weeks. That is tied for fourth with Chris Olave behind only Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, 33 targets. Justin Jefferson, second with 25. Ridiculous. But Michael Pittman is getting the targets, whether it's Anthony Richardson, whether it's Gardner Minshew. Michael Pittman is that dude. He has finally ascended to what we want him to be. Also, shout out Josh Downs. Five targets for Josh Downs. That is a number to watch. Looking at the Tennessee Titans. We talked last week. Tajay Spears outsnapped Derrick Henry. That did not follow up against Derrick Henry plays 71% of the snaps in a game that the Tennessee Titans are winning by quite a bit. But Tajay Spears is clearly the receiving back. No targets for Derrick Henry. Two for Tajay Spears. 25 carries for Derrick Henry, though. Eight for Tajay Spears. But this is an evolving offense. There will be weeks where Tajay Spears does outsnap Derrick Henry. That will happen again. When the Tennessee Titans get down, and they should have been down, but against Chargers. Chargers should have... Chargers should have scored a lot more points. But 
looking at the Tennessee Titans, Tajay Spears is going to get his. He's going to have his weeks. He's already outperforming Derrick Henry in efficiency. 5.93 yards per touch from Tajay Spears. 4.76 yards per touch for Derrick Henry. Don't get me wrong. Derrick Henry, still elite. Not going anywhere. But Tajay Spears is going to take over this backfield at some point. Derrick Henry, a free agent after the season. 2024, Tajay Spears, look out. Look out this year. Look out this year for Nico Collins. Nico Collins. He's not quite Michael Pittman, but he has 20 targets. He's tied for sixth behind Michael Pittman, Alave, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Puka Nakua, and tied with Stephon Diggs in targets. He's tied for ninth in receptions with 13. He is fifth in the NFL in receiving yards. Nico Collins is playing that Marvin Harrison role for C.J. Stroud, and C.J. Stroud is the real deal. Love what I'm seeing from C.J. Stroud. Love what I'm seeing from Nico Collins. Did not expect this at all, but it is a consolidated target share. Dalton Schultz doesn't matter. We're going to see 10 to 12 targets for Nico Collins, 9 to 12 targets for Robert Woods, and 8 to 12 targets for Tank Dell. These are the three focal points of this offense, and the Texans are going to be passing quite a bit. I am excited to see. I can't believe that Robert Woods, Nico Collins, as fantasy relevant as they are, Looking over at the NFC West, Chiefs, Travis Kelsey's return, nine targets. Travis Kelsey is back. Travis Kelsey is still that guy. But Kadarius Toney gets five targets once again on just 15 routes run. Kadarius Toney drawing a target on 33% of his routes run. These are elite numbers. It was the same last week. Kadarius Toney just... Target after target after target when he's on the field. He's just not on the field that much. But he's going to be on the field more. Slowly over time, he is going to be on the field more. You can't keep him off the field with that type of target commanding presence. I, It's it's wild. It's absolutely wild. I don't understand it. But Kadarius Tony just commands targets at a magical clip. Unlike Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston completely irrelevant for the Los Angeles Chargers last week in week one ran 16 of 46 routes at the 35% route run rate not good for Quentin Johnston even worse this week 47 pass plays called Quentin Johnston runs a route on nine of them 19% of the time Quentin Johnston is running a route Josh Palmer ran 62% Josh Palmer is the wide receiver three Quentin Johnston is irrelevant, not involved in this offense, just like Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims not involved in the Denver offense either. Seven routes run out of 45 for Marvin Mims. Behind Brandon Johnston, behind LJ Humphrey, Lil Jordan Humphrey, get Marvin Mims on the field. Two targets, catches both, 113 yards and a touchdown. Marvin Mims is who I've been saying he is. Marvin Mims is a special player. He is. Brandon Cooks, he's going to have a Brandon Cooks type rookie year. Get him more playing time, get him more targets, and good things will happen for the Denver Broncos. Final AFC team to talk about, Hunter Renfro for the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders have been weird this season. Jacoby Myers dominant in week one, gets a concussion. Devontae Adams dominant in week two, gets a concussion. But Hunter Renfro, even after Devontae Adams leaves the game, even with no Jacoby Myers, One target for Hunter Renfro. It's a 23-yard reception. Good for Hunter Renfro, but 
one target. Hunter Renfro is just not a factor, not a piece that this Raiders team cares about. Won't be surprised if he's traded for pennies at the trade deadline. That probably would have happened by now. So just fall from grace from Hunter Renfro. Crazy, crazy to see. Final bits of news around the NFL. Patrick Mahomes signs a new four-year deal to put him in line with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. $210 million over the next four years for Patrick Mahomes. And the way they did this, they just took money from the back of his contract, moved it up forward. They were always planning to renegotiate in 2026, still planning to do that. So they just pushed some money up. Patrick Mahomes now making still less than Joe Burrow, I believe, in an average per year. But he's right in line with Joe Burrow and all those other guys. So congrats to Patrick Mahomes. Still underpaid. Let's be honest. Patrick Mahomes, still underpaid for what he does for the Kansas City Chiefs. Future Hall of Famer. We got the new Hall of Fame list. First-year eligible players, we could see Julius Peppers or Antonio Gates enter the Hall of Fame. Brandon Marshall, Jordy Nelson, Jamal Charles, also first-year eligible contestants. I don't see any of them getting in. Offensive lineman TJ Lang, Josh Sitton, Max Unger, eligible Haloti Nada, the Ravens' defensive tackle for so many years. He's eligible, but... If anyone's going to be a first ballot, it's either Julius Peppers or Antonio Gates or both. It's going to be exciting to see who joins the Hall of Fame. Patrick Mahomes obviously going to be there someday. Pat Tom Brady will also be there someday. Tom Brady will be there in the Hall of Fame. He should be in there now. They should waive the rule like the Patriots are where Tom Brady can just enter the Hall of Fame immediately. But it doesn't look like the wait for Tom Brady is going to be extended any longer. It looks like he's officially retired because the New York Jets picked up the phone. They called Tom Brady. They said, hey, Tom, please, will you come play for us? And Tom Brady hung up. Tom Brady's not taking the calls for the New York Jets. Tom Brady's retired, and the Jets are screwed. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.